This is Mr. Lewis, New York Sports, the podcast for your New York Knicks, New York Mets, the New York Jets and Giants, uh, the podcast that will be covering my favorite teams in the New York City area. Uh, Again, we won't be covering the Rangers because I don't watch enough games. But we'll talk about, uh, I know the Knicks are eliminated, but we'll get into basketball and some breaking news that I could not believe what I read today um, on the internet uh, regarding a big former New York Knicks player. And I'll get into that uh, in this podcast. We'll talk about uh, the Mets, uh, some of the reiterations that I have. I have some statistical uh, facts that I wanted to get into. Um, I had some... uh, some mistakes that I had last week with the uh, with the Mets, and um, we're going to get into the two games that they had. They had the opening game, the opening day game on Thursday against the Nats, and they had the game this that took place this afternoon against the Nats as well. I was able to watch the whole game before I came into work, um, and then now I'm at home now trying to do this podcast, and then we're going to talk about the upcoming games for the New York Mets, and I'll be attending, I want to say, three of them this upcoming uh, schedule. So let's get into basketball. Um, I know the Knicks are eliminated, but we'll get into the basketball. Uh, I talked about LeBron James when he came in with Cleveland, and he played the Knicks because uh, it was the same situation uh, when Horzonia blocked him uh, this this year with the Lakers. It was the same situation with uh, him in Cleveland, and um, he had the ball, same situation, same spot. But uh, I thought it was that towards the end of the game where it was like, it was towards the end of the game, but I thought it was like seconds left in the game. But in actuality, um, LeBron had the ball with a minute 30 to go, and the game was tied. Then that's when he hit a three to put him up three. And then some things happened where the Knicks were down one, and they fouled LeBron. He missed two free throws but got his own rebound, and that's how the Knicks lost the game. So uh, that was the sequence um, with LeBron in the uh, in the Knicks game that they had against Cleveland, uh, which I got wrong. I thought it was t- towards the closing seconds, but I was wrong about that. But we'll get into the breaking news. And I could not believe this when I saw this on the Internet. I was texted by a friend from New York City. And he told me that uh, apparently Christar Porzingis is allegedly have raped a girl after his ACL surgery. So um, I looked this up, couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. And this gives me a reason why the Knicks had wanted to trade him. So apparently after, you know, he had an ACL injury, took the surgery. So two days after the surgery, invited some girl over to his apartment and apparently, uh, um, if you don't want to hear what happened, but apparently he held her down and raped her. So he was accused of this, and the Knicks knew about this, and so did the Dallas Mavericks. They know about this. Now, it's an accusation. Um, it might not be true, but uh, this, is not a good, this is not a good situation to be in uh, with an NBA player. We see this with the NFL and how NFL players get suspended for stuff like this, even if they're accused. Um, Actually, I'm not sure. I think, yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure how that, what the accusations are uh, as far as suspensions, but I know NFL 
take serious with situations like this, uh, domestic abuses and alleged rape. Because I think Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for something like this. And they didn't even convict Ezekiel Elliott. They just had the assumption that he had something to do with it or it was one of those things that he's not a role model to the league and he, they had to suspend him. But we'll look, we'll look into that uh, in the next podcast. But, yeah, this is not good for Christoph Porzingis. And I'm glad that the Knicks don't have to deal with this situation at this point right now. This is all Dallas. Dallas could deal with that situation, and we don't have anything to do with it, thank goodness. But uh, moving on, one more thing about the Knicks. Uh, Frank Nitekina has been shut down for the rest of the season, and a lot of Knicks fans have been upset about this, and I'm saying, what is there to be upset about? Apparently some Knicks fans are saying that it's going to hurt his draft value, and um, I'm sorry, not the draft value, his trade value. And he needs to be planned so he can showcase his talent. And my reiteration is, what talent and who the hell is going to try to trade for him? We have an upcoming draft, and we have two big-time point guards that's coming into this league. You have that kid from North Carolina. Uh, he's 6'5". I couldn't believe that. I think his name is Nazir Little. And the kid is 6'5". I have no, I had no idea he was that tall. Apparently, maybe, maybe I... I uh, didn't know he was that tall because of his hair. His hair is so, I mean, he's got a big fro. And it's flapping all over the place. I thought he was a short guy, but he is actually 6'5". He will be drafted. And he's better than Frank Nikina. Also, John Morant, let's not get into him. Because we know how uh, electric he is. So, oh, I don't know what team's going to trade for him. And I don't know what, dra- uh, what trade value he has. Because he is awful. So that's the end of that. So um, we'll get into baseball, which is I'm excited about. Uh, I talked about uh, the turning point last year and um, how upset I was. I tweeted things like DeGrom and Syndergaard should get shut down for the rest of the season. And this is in May. I said they should be shut down because we're going we're gonna to lose the season. And we were 21-21. and 21. I was so upset at this game that we talked about the turning point in last week's podcast. Poor, poor Steve Gells. Steve Gells is a guy that gives you Mets updates. He works for SNY, gives you a lot, a lot of updates on the players and stuff like that, on what they do on their off time and how it helps. The, it's, a, it's, a, it's like, um, I don't know how to explain his job, but he does a very good job. And I was tweeting him, and I know he was annoyed with me with all the tweets I said. I said, forfeit tonight. Uh, hopefully the rain uh, comes down. Because it was a rain delay for the second game. And I was like, yes, that means the Mets can't lose. And I kept tweeting Steve Gelbs. Poor Steve Gelbs. I know he was annoyed with me with all the tweets and negative tweets I had after that uh, debacle of a game that DeGrom pitched his behind off. But uh, moving on. I talked about uh, Pete Alonzo. I called him Peter Alonzo last week. He changed his name, apparently, to Pete Alonzo. He, uh, I talked about him playing in the minors. He has to play in the minors in the beginning of the season. That is not, that is not true. Um, Pete Alonzo just had to work to play 12 games in the minor leagues. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't have to be in the beginning of the game. It has to be at the end of the game. I'm sorry, not the beginning of the game. The beginning of the season. It could be in the middle of the season. It could be the end of the season. He just needs 12 games in the minors, and the Mets will have an extra... Um, year of control with him which doesn't make any sense because if he's good the Mets should sign him I mean I don't understand what this extra year of control is Um, uh, moving on to Frazier uh, I didn't mention that he played for the White Sox before the Yankees he played for the Reds and then he got traded to the White Sox or did he sign as a free agent I don't know but he was traded midseason to the Yankees and then 
he signed a deal with the Mets. Um, I like Frazier. He's not on the roster yet. But uh, when we get into these games that the Mets had, um, I don't know what's going to happen with Frazier because the Mets right now, uh, we'll get into them uh, with the two games that they had. The Mets right now looking good. And I don't know where Frazier fits into this uh, this team. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I talked about DeGrom last week and how the Mets did not score any runs for him. Um, I looked up his stats here. Um, I'll get into it real quick. Um, DeGrom had 13 no decisions in th- around 30 starts last year, which is unbelievable. He was undefeated until June 8th when he played the Yankees and then had eight no decisions during that time period when he was 4-0. and It's unbelievable. But we'll get into the Yankee game um, and then all the way down because he had he had apparently um, lost to the Yankees in Atlanta and then lost five straight after that. So the Yankees, this is, this is what I don't understand. The Mets could not score not any runs, no runs for them. And this is where... Uh, you see it in opening day, but we'll get into that in a minute. Now, with the Yankee game, he pitched eight innings, gave up four hits, and only two earned runs, and the Mets lost four to one. Then he goes to Atlanta, pitched seven innings, gave up seven hits, gave up one earned run, and the Mets lost two to nothing. Unbelievable. Then he won a game, and then he goes to the Dodgers, the Miami Marlins, San Diego, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. Now, the Dodgers, he pitched six innings, gave up five hits. He gave up three runs, but the Mets lost eight to three. Uh, they go to Miami. He pitches six innings, give up six hits, gave up three runs, and the Mets lost five to two. Then San Diego, he pitched all the way to the eighth inning, finished the eighth inning, gave up five hits, two earned runs. The Mets couldn't win the game. They lost three to two. Pittsburgh, seven innings, gave up four, eight hits, three runs, Mets lost five nothing. Couldn't get any run support at all. Atlanta, uh, at home, pitched to the eighth inning, gave up six hits, two earned runs. Mets lost two to one. Then he won three straight games, and this is probably how he won the Cy Young Award because you, you have to win. And they got him over five hundred. He was ten and nine. They got him over five hundred. Good job by the Mets. But there was two more games that he pitched. He pitched six innings against. San Francisco gave a four hits and one earned run. They could not get any more than one run. They lost three to one. Miami, seven innings, three hits, two earned runs. They lost five to three. Now, looking at this, Jacob deGrom finishes the innings. Like, it's not a moment in here that he has been taken out. Um, they, Mickey Calloway leaves him out there and let him finish the innings, and he's finishing well. And um, it's just unbelievable how the, the, the Mets just can't score any runs for Jacob deGrom. And we'll talk about it. We'll get into them. I wanted to talk about Vargas and how much runs he gave up. But this is my podcast, so I can do whatever I want. So we'll talk about the Mets and Nats uh, opening day. They only they only scored two runs for deGrom. I mean, deGrom pitched a shutout. But you look at Syndergaard, they gave, they gave, they gave Syndergaard four runs. And he still blew it. <laughs> The Mets ended up winning eleven to eight, but they scored eleven runs yet to this this afternoon, and they couldn't score for Degrom in the first game. Now, here's the twofold to this: Degrom. I mean, he's a great. This guy's a great pitcher. He only gave up eleven home runs all year last year. But when you get into a situation now, this is the only thing I can advocate for the Mets. 
When you get in this situation where your ace is pitching, most likely he's going to be pitching against the other ace like we had with Scherzer. Scherzer pitched brilliantly against the Mets in opening day. So that 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 um, plays a part in why DeGrom couldn't get any run support because you're pitching against some of the best startings, starters. Uh, but Miami, you know, you know, Miami, come on now. San Miami twice. San Diego, do they really have any great pitching? I can understand everybody else like Atlanta and New York. They snuck them on people in the Dodgers. But Pittsburgh, San Diego, Miami, I mean, you can't get any runs off those guys. That doesn't make any sense. But, again, DeGrom is pitching against another uh, the other ace of the team. So that was another reason why they gave the Cy Young to DeGrom because he out – I'll pitch the other the other team, you know. So, so um, that's it with that. So we'll get into these games that the Mets had, and there's two games that we'll cover. First game, Mets played against the Nats. A terrific game for the Mets. Um, we won two nothing here, and it was a great game to watch. Degrom was a bulldog. He went six innings, gave up five hits, and struck out ten. Scherzer also had a great game. He. Uh, pitched to the eighth inning they took him out in the eighth inning but in the first inning um it was uh cano that got the two out home run and he had a he's has a sweet swing and i told you in the last podcast that cano is automatically the best hitter on the mets and he hit a home run in the first inning to put us up one nothing which kind of set the tone for what cano was about um the bottom of the uh, first inning there was two runners on and um it was a uh, a uh, great play by McNeil that uh, um, Zimmerman hit, and he saved some runs. It was a terrific play that McNeil had to save uh, some runs and kept kept us up one nothing. In the bottom of the third inning, um, there was runners on the corners with one out, and uh, Rendon hit it to third. And uh, there was a play where McNeil threw it to Cano to get the force at second. And for some dumb reason, Robles um, on the Nationals hesitated when the ball got hit and he ran back to third and then took off for some reason. Once the ball got thrown to second, Cano was so smart and threw it home because he knew he wasn't going to get the runner at first out. And they had a rundown play and there was no run scored at that, at that time, which was bad base running by Robles. I don't know what he was thinking. So that kept it one nothing. We go to the fifth inning. DeGrom struck out the side for the second time in this day. It was unbelievable. He just had a clean inning in there. And in the bottom of the sixth inning, uh, the runner there was a runner on third with one out. This is, uh, I believe, Turner stole third base, and it stayed one out. And the Grom struck out Soto, which was a, uh, I mean, he's just amazing. Strikes out Soto, and then Zimmerman flew out, and then the Grom got out of that inning like Houdini. It's unbelievable. So the top of the eighth, Scherzer leaves uh, with a runner on first, and I believe Dominic Smith was the runner i think he drew a walk and then i believe another person drew a walk or got a base hit but cano came up again and drove one of the runners home and it put us up two nothing which was a big uh big at bat for cano um again two rbis for him he single-handedly beat the beat the nationals with the with his bat and then the ninth inning obviously diaz closed it out uh he scared me a little bit because you know i know everybody kept you know if you read the internet and you watch uh, the game. It's like a different, it's a different uh, feeling. Because if you read it on the internet, it looks like oh, it's a clean inning. But uh, there was two hit ball, there was two hard hit balls that got hit in the outfield. Like that made me nervous uh, to get two outs. But uh, 
Yeah, it's a clean inning in my book, so yeah, whatever. Uh, Diaz gets the save, um, and um, the Mets were one and zero. It was great to see. Struck out the last batter. Uh, the Mets are one and zero. Great job by Degrom, and um, we, we look. I mean, you want to win that first game. It's like a playoff atmosphere. Always the home opener and the opening day. It's always a playoff atmosphere, and um, the Mets did a great job pulling this one out and at least giving Degrom two runs to work with. And uh, I believe Lugo pitched the seventh, Familia pitched the eighth, and Diaz pitched the ninth. Good bridge to win to win this game. Now today, uh, Syndergaard did not pitch too well. He did enough to win this game, but uh, he got a no decision. He went uh, six innings, gave up, gave up seven hits, gave up a home run to tie this game. It, the Mets were actually up, I want to say, 3 nothing in the first inning. And then they were up 4-1, to one, and then, you know, the Nats are good. And they fought back, and they tied this game up. Syndergaard struck out, struck out seven, which is okay. Um, Justin Wilson on the Mets got the win. Um, Diaz got another uh, save, and... Uh, to note in here, uh, Nimmo, I don't know what's going on with Nimmo, but this guy, I don't think, I think he struck out three more times today. I don't even think he foul-tipped anything. And this is going back to the first game. I think he put the ball in play one time. He walked twice and struck out six times. And all the strikeouts that he had, he swung and missed at every single strike, except for the ground out that he had today. So somebody's got to talk to Nimmo. Um, he's got to get going. But who know who has been getting going, and which I said that he needed to be on this ba- uh, this baseball team, Peter Alonzo. He went f- three for four today and had two RBIs, and he had a, a single last uh, yesterday as well, uh, not yesterday Thursday as well, which was good to see. Um, Peter Alonzo, he's going to be the real deal, and he hit two opposite field doubles today, which was unbelievable. This guy can hit. It's not all about power for him. He hits in all directions, and this is why Cano is an important piece to the New York Mets. With all this shifting in the uh, Major League Baseball and the fact that um, they want to get rid of shifts, I just don't understand why players don't do the Cano approach. Hit it where they ain't. He goes the other way perfectly. He does it all the time. They shift him all the time. I don't know why they shift him if he can go at all fields uh all aspects of the field. Um, you saw um, Rosario did it. Um, you see Conforto doing it now. You see Peter Alonso doing it now. A lot of players right now are going the other way. And this is what, you know, to get rid of shifts, this is what you need to do. And this is why Cano is on this baseball team. And this is why Cano is automatically the best hitter. I know he went 0 for 5 today, but, you know, you're going to have your, you're going to have your uh, slump slumps up and downs you're gonna have me up and downs but he's gonna have a little bit more ups and downs and by the way alonzo mcneil dj uh jd davis and dominic smith all had two run doubles today it was great to see the mets win 11 to 8 uh it was scary with um with familia and uh lugo i believe familia loaded the bases and he, he they had to take him out and uh lugo gave up a lot of runs as well uh, and Lugo gets a pass to me because he pitched uh, Thursday and he was up there. He was out there for 41 pitches and, you know, you're going to get tired. So Lugo gets a pass. But Familia, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, Familia. <laughs> uh, we dealt with this last year, but I think Familia will figure it out. I mean, when you're up 11-4, to 4, 
you just you just yeah, I mean you're just trying to get outs. So I think the Mets were just trying to throw strikes to get outs, and the Nationals were hitting it. And like I said, the Nationals are tough to beat. So let's talk about Vargas before I go. Uh, I talked about Vargas not getting out of the first inning. I mean, I'm sorry, not going past the fifth inning um, in 12 straight starts. I think I said 13 straight starts, but it was actually 12 straight starts. Um, I'll talk about the um, the innings that he's worked in all of his starts, and he's the one that's going to scare me, and I, I he's going to be pitching against the Marlins, but we'll get into the upcoming games in a minute. Vargas, so last year, Vargas... Uh, his first start, he went three and two-thirds innings and gave up nine runs. <laughs> then his second start, he went four and two-thirds innings and gave up six runs. His third start, he went four innings, gave up four runs. His fourth start, he got a win. He went five innings, gave up no runs. Great job, but it was Miami he played. His fifth start, he went three innings, gave up five runs. His sixth start, did a good job. Uh, gave up, uh, he went five innings, didn't give up a run in Atlanta. Um, the seventh start, he gave up five runs. No, I'm sorry. He went five innings, gave up two runs, and it was against Baltimore. Did a good job. The eighth game, went five innings, gave up three runs. The ninth game, he started. He only went two and one-third innings, gave up seven runs. The tenth game, he went four and a third, gave up three runs. Uh, the eleventh game, went five innings, gave up four runs, and then the twelfth start, he only went a th- one third of an inning and gave up three runs. I don't know. I don't know if he got hurt or whatever, but he gave up three runs that day. So Vargas scares me. Um, he's going to give up some runs. I think he pitched very well towards the end of the season, which got his ERA down to five, <laughs> which is high five seven seven. I think his ERA was. But um, Vargas scares me. They should have signed um, Gonzalez, who's now in the Yankees. Disappointing, but. I think uh, they're going to tee off on Vargas and um, the bullpen is going to have to step up. If he can go five innings with a lead, hopefully the Mets can score some runs for him. If he can go five innings, we might be able to bridge that gap for, with the bullpen because the bullpen, I mean, is tough. They Today, it wasn't tough. I mean, they were walking left and right. They got to be careful with that. But we'll see with Vargas uh, in the upcoming games. I believe he's going to pitch against Miami uh, coming up. Um, on Tuesday, but we'll get into the upcoming games tomorrow. The Mets will be playing the Nats at one o five, one o'clock. I think it's one thirty five p.m. We got Wheeler going tomorrow. Uh, Wheeler has pitched well in spring training. We'll see if it can carry over to the um, game tomorrow in the regular season. Then Monday we are have a three game series with Miami. All seven o'clock except for the Wednesday game at six. Uh, they try to get the Miami game early because the home opener is on Thursday against the Nats with a three-game series. I will be attending that game Thursday against the Nats. I will also attend the game with my daughter and wife and uh, my in-laws on Saturday against the Nats. It's at 1 p.m. And then Sunday, I'll be there with one of my friends from uh, Fisher I used to go to. Um, they play the Nats, so I'll be the, at a three-game series with the Nats. Um, and then Monday's the day off. I probably do the podcast on Monday. Maybe Sunday night I'll do the podcast. Actually, I won't be able to do the podcast on Sunday night because I'm going to the um, going to the uh, WrestleMania uh, in MetLife Stadium after the Mets game. So I probably won't do the podcast because it's going to be late. I'm believing. Unfortunately, I'm hearing that the the WrestleMania is going to be like eight hours. So uh, 
Uh, it's going to be grueling. And then <laughs> driving back, it might be even more grueling. But Monday is the day off. I'll probably do the podcast then. Um, it's going to be an exciting time for uh, Mets baseball. I mean, we won two. We're 2-0 two and oh in first place. Um, I believe the Mets... Uh, I don't know. I think the Mets... Well, they play facing Corbin. I think Patrick Corbin. He's a very good pitcher. Um... I want the Mets to sweep the Nats just because the Marlins, I mean, put it like this. The Marlins are always tough against the Mets. I know the Mets had a winning record last year, but the Marlins scare me because they have to win a game. I mean, I think they're losing against the Colorado Rockies as I speak, so that's gonna be they're going to be 0-3. They've got to win a game at some point. So I don't want them to take two out of three against the Mets and then the Mets stumbling home to play the Nats. So... I'm hoping that the Mets can get this sweep tomorrow. So the worst case scenario, the Mets are three and three by the uh, opening opening game against uh, the Nats on Thursday, which I believe Syndergaard is going to be going on Thursday. It's going to be a raucous crowd. I'm going to be there. Uh, oh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a great it's going to be a great day. Um, and then my daughter's going to be there to watch the game. She's only four months years old. She'll be five five months on Saturday. So. It's going to be exciting for her to see. She likes sports. I could take her a lot of games. She likes to sit there and watch. I don't know if she can see that far, but I'm thinking she's in tune. Hopefully she gets in tune. But uh, that's it with the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Next week we'll get into the Mets games. Um, I'll go in depth about the Mets home opener against the Nats, maybe Saturday and Sunday um, on Monday's podcast. Uh, again, next week we'll do the podcast on Monday because I will be in New York City. I'll be attending the Rangers game on Wednesday. Um, Thursday, I'll be at the home opener, and then I'm going to the uh, NIT championship at the Garden after the Mets game, the home opener. And then Saturday, I will be at the Mets game at 1. Sunday, I will be at the Mets game at 1. Sunday night, I'll be at WrestleMania. Monday, I'll be at Monday Night Raw. Tuesday, yeah, I'm a big WWE fan. Tuesday, I'll be at the uh, SmackDown. And then Wednesday is the last home game of the New York Knicks, and I'll be attending that game as well. So uh, busy week for me for my vacation, and I will see you guys next week on Mr. Lewis Podcast on New York Sports. Mr. Lewis, New York Sports, and we will talk to you later. Have a great day.